And welcome to Orphanimi. This is Saratova Best. We are in Zeiss Hanukkah, and we're learning... Okay, we're we're starting. <laughs> Welcome to our Pnimi. This is Saratova Best Parshas Vayigash. I don't know if the beginning was recorded, but uh, well, we'll just skip it. Um, we're we're on to really looking at Hey Tavis as it is an extension of Hanukkah, and it's all about light. It's all about the light of Hashem, the light of Tyra, the light of a Yid, the light, and 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 as it moves from place to place, as it's expressed through Tyra. Hashem's light is expressed through us, and Hashem's light is expressed through the Hanukkah Menaira, and Hashem's light is expressed through Tyra, etc. So we're going to look in in Parshas Vayigash here. We're going to look into this sicha, which really takes us on an unbelievable journey. They're ever saying that everything has um obviously everything has a, a, a lesson for us for all yidden in every place, in every situation. And there are hairas and those that fit the special circumstances where we find ourselves. You know, if you're shopping, the hira of Tyra of the day fits you in a different way than it does when you're at home um, sleeping. It just, because we have different circumstances, and Tyra will ad- adapt itself to different circumstances. So when we're talking about this Parsha, this week's Parsha, being that we have to live with the times, the question is, what is Vayigash Elav Yehuda? What is it? So, 
Um, the question is, what is it? There, there's an eternal hayra eternal there, and it has to do with the time that we're in and the last moments of Geula, of Gullus, going into Geula. When you look at let's look at the scene. You're talking about Yehuda being, having to be bustled to subjugate himself to the ruler of the civilized world. He comes up to, whom he does not know is his brother, he comes up to the representative of Paro, <coughs> the Mishnah Lamela, the representative of Paro, and he has to beg for his brother's release. So the posture is one of begging. Yehuda seems to be begging. In this case, it's Yaisa. We don't. He doesn't know it's Yaisa. But so, who is on top? Who is who is ruling? And who is the Mashpia? Who is the Makabel? At this point, Vayiga Shalav Yehuda means Yehuda comes to him and says, "Please, sir. Please, my master. Who's the master? Who's the servant?" Yosef is the master, Yehuda is the servant. Again, <coughs> notwithstanding the fact that at that moment, Yehuda does not know that this is his brother Yosef. But either way, he is coming in a posture of requesting. That's the Parsha. That's Tyra. <clears throat> is speaking about the Yehud of also Yehuda and Yosef in the future. That unity, the Malchus of Yehuda and Yosef. Because in the future, the qualities of Yehuda and Yosef will come together. Yosef is Hesafa, adding. Yehuda is Hida, Bittel. Yosef goes on largeness. Yosef goes on when we look at our own lives. When you feel your kayach, when you feel your power, when you feel your potential, when you feel your expansiveness, Yehuda goes on feeling your smallness, your receptivity. You're being there to receive rather than to give. Your contraction. So how do they fit together? The Haftira says, So Hashem is so the Haftira is saying, and Hashem is saying, take a stick and write on it Yehuda. Take another stick and write on it Yosef, and put the two together. This was what was said to the Navi. And so Hashem says, here I am taking you from among the nations where you have been sent, and I will make you into one nation. And there will be one king for everyone. Who will it be? Will it be Yosef? Or will it be Yehuda? Who will be the ruler? Who will be the Mashpia and who will be the Makabo? 
the answer is, Yehuda becomes the Mashfiya. As it says, the David Avdi, Nasi Lahem La'ilam. And David, Yehuda, from Shevet Yehuda, my servant, will be the Nasi forever. And as a result of that, the Yedu HaGayim Ki When David HaMelech, with his tremendous bittle, his tremendous contraction and smallness, becomes the ruler, then the Gayim know God. Which is very, just to stop for a moment on this, what we're hearing is, is that we, especially as women, when we step into that role of Malchus properly, that role of receptivity from divine, from Hashem, when we step into that role fully, first of all, then we really are able to step into our full power. When we realize and experience that it's not us, we're not, we're not the ones that are creating our abilities and our talents and our strengths and our opportunity. When we live in that space constantly, that opens up the channel for the non-Jewish world to know God. Isn't that interesting? Through us. So that's the Haftarah. So the Haftarah is really showing the Geula reality. When we will be in full receptivity and hence have the David, not, and will be in full receptivity like the Haida of David and Melech, and yet, at the same time, because he will be in full receptivity, he will be the ruler. Our full power comes as a result of stepping into that mode of full receptivity. Which would also include that when we are open the opportunities that Hashem is sending us and we're curious rather than judgmental and open and even appreciative of the opportunities that Hashem is sending us we are given tremendous power to affect the whole world now let's go back to the Parsha for a second because we're in the moments before Geulah the Haftarah is speaking about who's on top, who's the ruler, David. Between Yehuda and Yosef, take two sticks, put them together, and the top stick becomes the stick of Yehuda. Now let's look at the Parsha. It's the opposite. But Yigeshelab Yehuda means Yehuda is on the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the rung, and he is coming to Yosef and begging. Be adaini yadaverna abdecha your servant is speaking to you, to you. I know you're like Paro, and you are, and in my eyes, like the king. This is the way Yehuda is speaking. So the Hatsaira and the Parsha seem to be speaking very opposite. And I know that, and Yehuda is saying, I know that without you, no one can raise his hand, no one can do anything. 
So it's funny because the Parsha, the energy of the Parsha and the energy of the Hafsara are opposite. How are they connected? <coughs> so there's ears in the Kuda. At first glance, Yehuda going up to Yosef shows on the strength of Yosef. Yehuda has to come and ask, please, you are the second to the ruler of Mitzrayim. Please give me what I'm asking for. And yet, interesting, Yehuda is coming in a very bitledick posture, and at the same time, he's coming with tremendous power, with a demand, with a powerful demand kicking up dust and kicking pillars and not bent over. Absolutely coming with a very powerful demand and a powerful posture. Because let's face it, Yaisif was the ruler of Mitzrayim. Without him, no one raised a hand. And yet Yehuda was not afraid. And he went with full great kite, with full power, and he demanded what he needed to demand. And he spoke harsh words that seemed even chutzpahed to the ruler. So that means that in this encounter between Yehuda and Yosef, or, or Paro's minister, what do you see? The power of Yosef? No, you see the power of Yehuda. Yehuda, in spite of the fact that, look who he's facing, the ruler of the entire civilized world, who has his brother in captivity. And the Shvatim, especially through Yehuda, their representative, no, they must get their brother back from the hands of this ruler. And yet at the same time, Yehuda does not back down. And he demands what he demands. And so, now we want to know what that has to do with us settling in the land of Gaishan and, and expanding and multiplying. And what does it have to do with the Haftarah? <coughs> so you could say that the power of Vayigashal of Yehuda gave the Kayach that afterwards Yaakov and his sons should be able to come down to Mitzrayim in such a way that they should not be under the rulership of the triumph, but rather they should multiply. So here's the question. When we look at this idea of Yehuda being powerful, of course that's on the assumption that Yehuda, that Yosef, uh, according According, that's based on the assumption of Yehuda that the person he's facing is Paro's representative. He doesn't know that that's his brother. Until that happens, he thought he's, he's facing the ruler of the civilized world. But after the fact became revealed, and now they knew it was Yosef, so now... Why do you need the power of Yehuda 
to enable us to have this part of Mitzrayim, to multiply, to thrive. Yehuda is there to stand up with power to make sure that we stand into our rightful place in Mitzrayim, in this land of limitation, and we thrive. And of course, for a Yid to thrive, what for? To be a light to the nations. So now, if we look at the Haftarah, the power of Yehuda, it was a temporary thing. Because after that, the Shvatim took a back seat. And what does it have to do with the power of Yehuda in the Haftarah? When we know that David will be the ruler. So these seem to be two opposite energies. According to the truth of Yosef, that he's the ruler, it brings out that Yosef, it brings out the strength of Yidden in Mitzrayim. And on this, we do not need the power of 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 Yehuda. But since all things in Tyra are true and eternal, excuse <coughs> me, and the essential approach of Yehuda. His whole approach, it applies to us. And it, remember, when we're looking at Hey Tavis, it has everything to do with Hey Tavis. It's not only something that happened temporarily that Yehuda approached the way he did. That approach of Yehuda, when he faced the ruler of the civilized world, created a Chiddush and creates a Chiddush even now, even now. And Dr. this, we can now expand and conquer the world. And that becomes the preparation for Vedavid Avdi Nasi Lahem La'elam. David, my servant, will be the Nasi forever. So, to continue with where we were up to, we're talking about the, this, this, the fact that Yehuda took this posture of strength, of balabatishkeit, in a way, opens up, it creates, it creates a chidush, even with respect to the power of Yosef at that time, and it opens up the way that we should be able to take over Mitzrayim and multiply. And then that opens the way that the David of the Nasilahim David Melech, David Malcolm Mashiach becomes the ruler. Because each of these steps is going out of the zone in which you know your place. Going out of the zone in which you know your place. Knowing your place in the past meant hold yourself small. 
knowing your place in the future means hold yourself big. At the same time as holding yourself small. Hold yourself in Hashem's expansive space in which Hashem has big plans for you. And yet, you have to be completely contracted so that Hashem can speak through you. So it's, it's, it's a not simple, simple combination. It begins with this oxymoron of, of Yehuda approaching Yosef at that moment. And therefore, meaning with two opposite energies, he's acknowledging, I am the servant. You are the ruler. And yet, he's doing it with power. And so, we see that because it says, that Yehuda shalach lefanav el Yosef, laharis lefanav Goshna. Hashem sent Yehuda before, first, to Yosef, to set things up. Meaning, first Yehuda goes, and he sets up a place in Mitzrayim where we can go. But if you're talking about Yosef, again, being the ruler, and that's because Paro said, and how are you going to get this Yosef? How are you going to get Paro to give the best of the land to Yaakov and his sons? Paro is the antithesis of Yaakov. Paro is the apex of Klippa. Yaakov Avinu is the apex of Kedusha. How are you going to get Paro to give power to Yaakov? Everything about everything about non kedusha is that it feeds off kedusha. It doesn't really have any power of its own. It's a parasite that lives off kedusha. It takes away from kedusha to sustain its own life, like a parasite sitting on a tree. It doesn't have its own its own source of nourishment. It eats off the nourishment, sorry, you might call it the nourishment from the tree. And it takes some of the life force away from the tree. That's Paro, the ultimate parasite. That's the opposite of Kedusha. So now, how could this parasite give life, let's say, to the tree, that's not what a parasite is supposed to do. It's supposed to take life away from the tree and use it for itself and really not care if it's depleting the tree. It's supposed to give itself life at the expense of the tree's life. So that's what, that's what Paro is supposed to do. So then why would he set up a place that's the best place in, in Mitzrayim and give it to the Yidden so that they could go from 70 to 600,000. Multiply and multiply. So that Am Yisrael Chai. That's not what Paro is supposed to be doing. Creating Am Yisrael Chai. 
He's supposed to be taking from us, not giving to us. And yet he gives us the best of the land. He gives us the ability to grow into a nation in his place. (coughs) The opposite of what he's put in the world to do. So obviously, externally, the parasite is put in the world to take away the life force from its host. But deep on the inside, it's there to add life to its host. And that's what Pyro did. Partly. At the same time, he put us in slavery. But first, he gave us the best part of the land. We multiplied. Now we're not 70 people. We're a giant nation. And then he did his shtick. So... In order to do that, in order to make that happen, we have to unlock some kayak that's, so to speak, in para. One, what has to be done? Yehuda has to go there first and set up the land as a place of Tyra. So now already he's claimed an unholy place for, him, for us, and made it holy. He opened the yeshiva there. And since, and since, of course, Yosef is in the middle of this, and Yosef is being told by Paro, give them the best of the land. Partly because we already claimed it for Kedusha. I guess when Paro was looking at Geisha, he sensed something like it's no longer his. It like reminds us of the French national anthem. Anthem. It's no longer. It no longer belongs to the opposite of, of holiness. It became ours. So, why does Yaakov have to come and and make a yeshiva first? The type of Yeh- of Yehuda has the ability to achieve that. So two things that are happening. One, Yoda has to go and make this a holy place through starting in yeshiva first, before we come. Two, he stands up to Paro with power. He's breaking the rule of Paro being there to deplete us. He's breaking that rule and mixing it all up. And so he's doing both things. He's acknowledging, you're the king. But I'm going to stand up with power and demand. <clears throat> and the nakuda of the explanation, and we'll stop after that, is the power of the Yid in Elam Hazah at the time of Gullus, and all Malchias are called on the name Mitzrayim. So the power of the Yid during Gullus is in one of two ways, or in two different ways. One, if we have power in Gullus, it's because our power is only as much as is possible according to the rules of nature. How do we have power in Gullus? In Gullus, it's their world, not ours. In Gullus, it's our world. How do we have power in Gullus? On the lower level, we only have as much power as they give us. As much as the laws of nature and the way of the world give us. 
Singhalas. The limitations of the country, the rules of the country, the limitations of Gullis, as much as those rules and limitations allow us to have power in Gullis. That's as much as we can, that's as far as we can go. <coughs> There's a whole other way. And that is, when we're completely above the world and completely above the nation and completely above Gullis, and we act with taikas, with power, with strength, that gives us the ability to change the laws of the country. When we act with strength, that gives us the ability to change the laws of the land. So now, by the way, just to stop for a minute, with all these horrifying occurrences happening against Yidin, and our natural instinct would be run away, as if, well, number one, we can't run away because where are you going to go? <laughs> that, they, that they can't get to also. There is no place to hide anymore. So that's, that's one simple <laughs> practical answer. Where are you going to go? Don't leave your home. Well, how's that going to work? So that, that's one thing. But the other thing is, we're supposed to look Paro with his evil right in the face and say, I will not bow down to you. You will not scare me. <coughs> you will not make me stop spreading light. We might get, you know, have guards for our shoals, which, you know, as much as, like, whatever that does, I don't know. Like, what's it going to do? You know, anybody can dress up in the old way and, you know, whatever. But it is what it is. But how come in this generation we don't back down? We'll light more Meniras and we'll warm this and we'll spread more light. And we won't, and God forbid, God forbid, you know, Shluchim, who Rachman Luslan, Rachman Luslan, had very terrible things happen. They said, we're going to double our efforts. We're, gonna, we're not leaving our Shluchim. We're not leaving our Chabad house. We're going to do more work. It, it, it's unbelievable. It's Yehuda standing up and looking power in the face and saying, you will not stop me. All we have to do, all, is lift ourselves up higher than the laws of the world and the laws of nature and, and the laws of nature. So, and that style allows us to actually change the way the world works. And we can say that the power of Yehuda excuse me, achieves that a Yid becomes not only a ruler, that a Yid becomes not only a ruler and a Balabayas over the nations during Gullus, according to the laws of the world and Gullus, that's the way it was by Yosef. If we stand up with that power of holiness, then it gives us the ability to rule over the nations and the rule over the laws of the world in Gullus. 
but also in a way that we take ourselves completely higher than the enemy, completely, we take ourselves by standing up to a frequency above the enemy, above nature, above the rulers, above gullus, above the limitations of the world. We just go to the top floor. And over there, no one, no one can, can harm us, God forbid. We take ourselves to a higher place. That is all achieved. We would think that that's achieved by Yaakov, by Yehud in this case, retreating into, go back to Eretz Yisrael. Just go back to Eretz Yisrael, that's all. Stay in Eretz Yisrael, be involved in the tents of Tyra, and take yourself higher than, than Paro. And that's it. No, that's not what he did. He goes, before he goes to Eretz Yisrael, he goes and confronts Paro. He takes him on, hand-to-hand combat. He confronts Paro and says, this is, this is what Kedusha demands, and I'm not backing down. So here the Rebbe is saying that confrontation, that holy confrontation is what opens up the channels for us to be able to usher in the Geula and for us to be able to go through Galus in a powerful way. Because it's always an oxymoron. There, there, there's the negative and the positive happening at the same time. It's simple and it's complicated. And, and again, we would think, so just stay away in your little corner and keep yourself. Uh, keep yourself and don't make trouble. And here the Parsha is saying, go and make trouble. Stand up to Paro. Don't pull back. Don't retreat stand up with a taika, with a power, with a strength, with a great kite, and that will up, open up the channels of Geula. So we're going to end this here for today. And tomorrow we're going to go to the next part, which is about the... Um, speaking about the conduct, believe it or not, of Mordechai at the time of Avachashverosh and also the Medrash and what it has to do with us here now. So may we find ourselves in the Gulamitis Vashlema immediately now.